get stuffed. Hello and welcome back to Double Stuff Cinema. This is episode number 57. I'm Tyler. I'm Neil. I'm Shrey. I'm Andrew. And we actually have a very special guest here with us today. Uh, we're going to be doing another episode on Knives Out after last week's episode. And uh, you'll see why. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. I'm Carrie Francis, and I play Sally in Knives Out. Yeah, so uh, in case you don't remember, Sally in Knives Out is um, she's the assistant to Frank Oz's attorney. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. I generally tend to tell people who I am if they don't know by saying one of two things. I'm Frank Oz's assistant or look for the person that's not famous in the movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> go through everyone. Oh, wait, who's that small girl? That's yeah. scary. Okay. Yeah, so uh, uh, first of all, how, how did you get the part in Knives Out? Because, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like you mentioned, like, there's a, it's a huge cast full of like a bunch of famous faces. And then there's you, who we haven't seen in a movie before. Yes, yeah, it is actually my very first movie. I never mm -hmm. even did, like, I did, like, one really small independent movie years ago that I was mm -hmm. briefly in. I've never even seen it. But I've never done, like, student films or small budget films. I just was like, yeah, let's do the $40 million major <laughs> yeah. huge studio movie first. Perfect. Um, I'm actually, like, of theater background and um, a lot of musical theater and New York theater and and did like a really big Broadway tour um, uh -huh. and a bunch of like commercials and voiceovers and recordings. But my goal the whole time was to do TV and movies. Yeah. And um, I wound up, like you said, it is kind of like, what the heck, you know, how, yeah. how are you in this movie, especially in that scene and you're opposite all these people. Um, so the short answer is the role was written for me. Ryan wrote me the role mm -hmm. um, directly. And that was after basically enough conversations where you know he realized there really wasn't a fit for me um in this movie and it's the second time it's happened i actually was in a lot of callbacks for um star wars for the last jedi oh. wow. the wow. um yes yeah and um that didn't end up working out and there's so many like teeny tiny factors that go into this it's like the mm -hmm. craziest circus I don't know if any of you guys are in film or have been actors or make movies or anything like that, yeah. um, but it's it's just so crazy. And so getting, even just being in callbacks for Star Wars, that's like mm -hmm. that's like winning an Oscar. It's like the, the, yeah. this huge thing, but then you don't really have anything to show for it, especially for people outside of the industry or that aren't movie lovers. It's not like you can be like, let me explain to you how big this is, you know? Um, yeah. So when there wasn't anything really right this time around either he pretty much said like I'm just gonna write something for you let me mm -hmm. like figure that out and um he called me really excited and was like okay I figured out what you're gonna do I figured out who you're gonna play and you're gonna die when you hear who you're playing like like who I partnered you with and uh -huh. I was like okay you know and like brace yourself guys brace yourself listeners because he said Frank does and I said yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I no. Know. Yeah, oh, I, no. 
I know that's like a mortal sin of being an actor, especially like thinking about now what I know about him, right? I'm not only an Mm -hmm. actor, but a director and a voice artist and a puppeteer. And like, Mm -hmm. he's like a golden god in movies. Um, But I think that that's one of my strengths is I like, I didn't know who he was, right? Like I don't, I couldn't rattle off credits of everyone in the movie and I, I love the industry so much, but people are people. So I don't go into any room or any environment. Right, me even saying like, oh yeah, like Ryan Johnson wrote this part for me, right? Like that's just part of my everyday life. So mm-hmm. it doesn't sound strange to me or like, like so like neat or it's more like, you know, like Ryan wrote this part, it's really neat. And I don't know what we're gonna do next, you know? Like yeah. it's, it's a different, I think that that energy actually really helps me when I'm in a room with, really big names I don't get overwhelmed I want to know about their kids and I want to know like what do they love to do and and what do they love to watch and so yes that's a really long way of saying um I got this part because there wasn't anything right for me in this movie again um Brian decided to write me a part um and here we are so uh did you did you know Ryan like before uh you did even the auditioning for The Last Jedi yes I've known Ryan um since 2009 so okay. 11 years 12 years um and we met when I was on a Broadway tour the tour that I mentioned I was on the um, Broadway tour of Fiddler on the Roof and I had a night off in the middle of the country and I was feeling very like grown up and independent you know when you're yeah. really young and you're like I'm so grown up now and I went to the movies by myself in Dallas where I don't live where he does not live and yeah. um he was there doing a Q&A for Brothers Bloom. Oh. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. So he and Rom were there doing a Q&A. And I knew I had a friend who really loved Brits. That friend was about to graduate from college. And I thought, oh, like, I should go meet this guy and, like, get him to, like, sign a card, like a graduation card, you know? And, again, like, just no, like, pretense. The same type of Frank Oz energy. Like, well, whatever, you know, yeah. person. <laughs> And um, I did. I, I wound up chatting with him, and he really, really loved musicals, like, a lot. So mm-hmm. we started talking about the musical I was in, and we were headed to the Pantages in Los Angeles, which is a big, famous theater in L.A., and we were going to be there for, like, five or six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, like, oh, you should, like, tweet me. You know, like, when you get to L.A., tweet me. I'll come to the show. I love musicals. And I was like, okay, sure. Like, oh, sure. You know, and he came to see the show. Um, so that's the first time he saw me act. And that was it. We were just like, we're made of the same stuff. We're very, very similar people. Um, so our friendship was like a natural, like, oh, I should know you type of mm-hmm. type of thing. Despite lots of, lots of differences. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it so- looked like... Uh, yeah, I saw on your website that you were like shadowing him uh, during the directing of Knives Out. How did that go? That was really interesting. Um, you know, I had a few opportunities to go up. I wound up just going up before I started working and staying for extra time. And so I would go to set on um, days I wasn't working and, um, you know, sit with him, stand with him, ask questions, ask people around him questions. I learned about some of like the equipment and really just like, the shots and the angles and the process of how it happens you know mm-hmm. someone would offer me their headset if they didn't need it for the minute and um it was really interesting and a really unique opportunity 
um, something I noticed off the bat is how few women were there and how many women were in the costumes and the hair and the makeup department, but there was really the script supervisor who was incredible. She was like the only primary woman that I would see over and over. Um, mm -hmm. So that stood out to me a lot and that kind of lit a fire of like, well, wait a minute, you know, let's, let's see, what can I do? What can I make? How can I kind of, if I have this opportunity to jump in here, mm -hmm. where can I go with that? Um, and also I think there's a million more questions I wish I asked for sure, mm -hmm. but there really was a feeling of like, like, oh, this is big. Like, this is a big deal, you know, and mm -hmm. just everything going on around me, trying to take it in and also not wanting to overstep and then not caring about overstep. It was like a back and forth dance kind of. And in between, I would be pulled away. I would do a fitting or I would meet someone else, you know, that I need to meet or I would go sign some contracts or I would, you know, whatever. Um, so I was with him. Um, the, the part where Chris was like being attacked by the dogs yeah outside mm -hmm. of the house yep. um I got to do all of that which I really love dogs like dogs are just my <laughs> love language and so that was so interesting too to like see how the animals worked and how their, their intimidating trainers worked and like yeah. how did Chris deal with it and the treats and the pockets and the um <laughs> and I was with them for a lot of the like outside um when they were like scaling the the, the house trellis or whatever the trellis yes yeah um and I got to see a lot of the stunts and I was there for all of like the car um when Latif and Noah were chasing um Anna in the car driving a car I was there for all of that stuff and that was so cool to watch the car yeah. work um so I was there for a lot actually if I if I think back the only person I did not get to meet or watch work was Christopher Plummer and that oh. was a big bummer for me I love Christopher Plummer um but it just didn't work out schedule-wise. And I, I didn't want to just drive up there for a day or two days just mm -hmm. to, you know, I wish I had, but um, yeah, it was neat. So like of like the whole cast, like you mentioned, um, you know, working with pretty much all of the main characters, especially, who do you think was like the biggest, uh, or who do you think was like most intimidating or like your biggest wow factor, like, you know, getting to meet them and work with, uh, you know, the, someone of that magnitude of, acting um I would say Jamie Lee Curtis really like I did have a minute where I was like like almost yeah. unable to form she was asking me if I was interested in directing you know or writing or what was I thinking and I couldn't form a sentence for a minute like I did have a minute of like um where I I answered and I said like oh no I'm an actor when, that's like yes I'm an actor but I also write I'd love to direct so I don't know why that came out of my, I sounded like a 12 year old but I was like no I'm an actor Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. um but she wound up being so great and she told me several times on set how funny I was and then wrote me a note about how funny I am and she really wants to see more and that just blows my mind because she's such a comedic genius in her like subtle ways so for her to notice that in me was like I, it, that's pretty mind-blowing um and then I really think the thing that struck me about everyone was um how relatable and comfortable they were and how much they just all wanted to hang out um mm -hmm. and included me in that when they didn't have to um it would have been really easy for everyone to go back to trailers and instead we all just hung out in the basement of that giant mansion and played games and talked and there was a lot of storytelling a lot of like war stories of them on set and 
um, Daniel and Chris would really like bounce back and forth of like telling stories. So yeah, yeah it was neat. So awesome. Um, you you mentioned uh, you know Jamie Lee Curtis. She's kind of like one of the classic scream queens in like horror history. And then you also got to work with Tony Collette, who's kind of like becoming more of like the you know the new age of scream queens. I mean, Hereditary is personally yeah, Hereditary like a of mine. So yeah, uh, she's ridiculous. She's yeah. so uh, I saw I saw your post uh, about her. What was some of you know the advice she gave you for you know uh, acting, writing, all that stuff. Um, so we actually didn't really talk too much about acting. We talked a lot about like she was going around visiting all these um, Gilmore Girls related places while she was mm-hmm. filming with her her daughter and her family was there and they were prepping a big move. And um, there was a time where it was me, Frank, Jamie Curtis and Tony in the room together. Just the four of us happened to wind up and sitting together. Yeah. And um, Jamie Lee Curtis was telling some really cool stories and Tony would chime in and I had a moment of like how is this my life right now like I'm look at who I'm in this room with um she was the one who Tony almost felt like like oh I've known you forever it's fine like she borrowed my headphones and like you know she was like um very much like oh I need a salad I'm gonna get a salad can I get a salad like she was like very normal and but also like doing work like she was on her headphones because she was in like important calls and important meetings and she would pop them off and be like what are we doing what are we talking about you know so there was a like a boss element to her um but i did learn from her how to ask for what you need without feeling apologetic um she was very direct so when she did want a salad or she did want something or she needed someone to run out for something there was no sense of oh my gosh i'm so sorry it was like i need this you know and that to me was a really powerful thing to see um especially again on this set where it was like man 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 there's so many men like they're all these like big northeastern men and then tony collette would pop in and be like are we doing this okay great you know and <laughs> calm and collected but really powerful so she impacted me a lot and she um she was the first person to the first day i was filming she was the first person to like talk to me and bring me into the fold and that meant a lot to me it's awesome um, you also, so we've also talked about, you know, uh, you wanting to be like a writer and director when you were like thinking about getting into acting, was that like always a goal for you? Like acting, writing and directing or, you know, where did that no. all come from? No, for sure not. Um, I'm a singer, I'm a songwriter. So that's where a lot of my acting, singing and songwriting has always been my thing. Um, but writing, I picked up after I got off tour and I moved to New York and I needed supplemental income. So I've written for like small businesses, creative individuals, websites, about pages, you know, freelance copywriting basically. Um, But knowing like, like really write a song and I probably could really write something else. And so I would start to write and I would share it with people and the feedback would be like overwhelming. So that's something that I would really, really love to write produce and sell my own projects ideally mm-hmm. with me in them but mm-hmm. if not you know from a business angle that's something that I definitely want to do um and then directing really wasn't until I was on that out and I was sitting there and I was watching and I'm aware that I'm aware that I see things in a different way that a lot of people don't see. I'm aware that my brain works in a different way. I think, again, having Ryan in my life in, in these formative years, right? Like basically as long as I've been an adult, I've had Ryan in my life. And 
I'm sure you guys have experienced this or you will experience when you have someone that you're so similar to, especially like I come from a really small town and, you know, I was like a cheerleader and I, I'm not really like a lot of the people that I grew up with. I'm not like a lot of my family. And so to look at someone and say, oh, I'm the same brand of weird. I'm the <laughs> same type of, right? Like you four have each other, right? Whatever it was that connected you in, in terms of like loving movies or whatever it is, like your, your types of weird match and your brains match and the way you communicate and speak match. And so I think putting together like, look what he can do. I'm just like him. Like I'm weirdly like him. So yeah, if I can like focus that, you know, and not come into rooms and be apologetic or come into rooms and, and be, I'm, I'm really tiny. I'm like the size of an 11 year old, you know? So it's hard to come into the room and command presence. And I think that that's what Knives Out as a whole has really given me is, is this um, new mentality of like confidence is the game and fake it till you make it. And then suddenly it starts to happen where you're like, oh wait, I think I actually do deserve to be here. Okay, I think I actually can have this conversation. You know, I can ask for what I want. Um, so that's where directing came from is that I think I have a unique perspective and I want to tell stories from that perspective. <laughs> for sure. And I think part of like the whole confidence uh, factor that you mentioned is uh, I'm sure you took your time to like prepare for the role, especially when Ryan uh, kind of gave you that call that you've been waiting for. I'm sure that was exciting. So like what, um, what kind of measures do you think you took to prepare for the role? Was there like maybe a list of movies that he told you to watch or maybe some clips specifically that I told you to focus on? What do you think? Um, no, so Ryan gave me a list of movies right around the time we first met. Um, and he was like, these are the movies you need to watch in your life. And I have so far kept that list secret. So we'll see if I ever share it, but it's like a, a solid game changing list. Um, what I did and what I tend to do for everything, even something like commercials, um, I create an entire life for this person. So I wrote out Sally's biography. I wrote out everything about her family. I wrote out how old I thought she was, where I thought she was in school. Like, why did she have this job? Did she even want this job? Was she interested in being a lawyer or is this like a random thing? And got into the psychology of where is she at in her life and where does she want her life to go and what has she experienced up until this point? Um, I wrote out a lot of really important things from the script, including like I literally made a family tree so that I could remember who everyone was because there were so many people. It was like yeah. my brain couldn't almost like process who was who. Um, I probably had like a quarter of a notebook full of notes. And when you think about like I'm in three scenes, I only spoke a handful of times and only like two of those sentences made it into the movie, right? So that's a lot of prep work to do for like, I think that's something that separates me out from a lot of actors where you could say, oh, this is a small part or this is, you know, I wanted to know who I was, who she was completely. And then how did she feel about the other people in the room? And like, where did those feelings come from? And what would she rather be doing at that time? Because I think Sally was like, you know, like Little Miss Perfect, but then also like it got really late and she had had plans and did she have the camping plans and now she's falling asleep. Like, you know, I think that there was a lot to her. Um, and then... I got um, an email from Frank Oz, because that's how my life is going. And um, he was like, come you know, meet with me. Let's do a lunch. Let's go through everything. Let's like really make sure we know who our characters are together and separately. And 
I was so glad that I did all that prep work, right? Because I didn't have to freak out and do it the night before. I just showed up ready to have those conversations with him. And I think because he's theater background also, we speak in a in a similar theater actor way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could tell that he was like, oh, you actually have these answers. You're not pulling this like out of nowhere. Um, and I think he went from feeling like, oh, this is like Ryan's little friend to like, oh, this is an actor. And then it became more about like our actual selves and our lives and talking about New York and people in common. And um, it was a really great afternoon. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, uh, having this whole like backstory that you've created for the character really helps make them memorable because, you know, in I feel like in most movies, you wouldn't really remember like who your character is with that yeah. giant cast. But you have those like memorable moments, which, you know, help add to how memorable your character is, you know, like you pointing out all the things on the, on the actual will. And then uh, I think Tyler really liked the moment where he, like you see uh, you sleeping in the corner uh, during that like night scene. Right. I think that's, that really stood out for Tyler. Yeah, actually I was, I was going to ask, do you have like a favorite uh, scene uh, that you were in? I know you were in like three different scenes. Did you have like a favorite uh, one of those to act in? Um, I actually really liked walking in with the boxes because I'm like, this is such a lame sentence. I love me some prop comedy. Like I, I just really like, <laughs> kind of like, think like even way back, like I love Lucy type of antics, you know? Yeah. So I really liked that. And that was the only time I really got to be with, um, like in close proximity physically to Daniel and Anya and Chris. And like, it was a different, the rest of the time I was just looking at everyone so much or sleeping. So that was like the only movement I had. Um, I mean, it didn't make it into the movie, I don't think, but I like tripped myself. Like we did a lot of takes and I did a lot of like, almost like tripping over my feet or dropping the boxes or, you know. Again, I think also there's something about how tall Frank is and how small I am. And then there's these boxes. There was something about that I really liked. And it was my very first thing that we um, shot. I also liked that I kept dropping them and Chris kept helping me. And I was like, what life am I living? Like, this is great, you know? So um, I loved that. And then the sleeping, um, I will tell you guys, I actually pitched. Um, I wasn't in that scene. And I pitched why she definitely would still be there. And she definitely would still be like, I am committed to this job and I'm not going. If he's not going, like I'm not yeah. going, but also yeah. fell asleep. Like that to me is the dichotomy of the character so much that like she's there and she is helping. And now she's asleep, you know, like I, I just love something about that. And so I pitched it to Ryan and he was like, great. I think that makes perfect sense. Let's do it. You should be in that scene. So that was like the first time where I spoke something out loud. And then it happened and I was like, okay, you know, it was very like reassuring. Um, and I love telling people that I love, I love being able to share, like, I wasn't supposed to be in that. I pitched it. It happened. And that is the number one thing people have said to me. Industry, at events, total strangers, Tyler, like literally everyone <laughs> um, has said like, oh my God, the sleeping, the sleeping, the sleeping. And that's a dream to film. You're just sleeping in the corner. Yeah. So yeah i love that so much it was so fun i was curious about you know like the kind of like character choices that you were allowed to like make uh within the movie you know because so obviously the sleeping was one of them did you get to like do anything different from the script uh you know in the will reading scene yes we did a lot of like the passing of stuff like the moving of stuff 
has changed around. Um, and like I said, I had more lines that did not make it in. Um, and I, I originally kind of the way that I was going to play Sally was kind of along the lines of how Frank played Alan, a bit like aloof, disinterested, annoyed, um, mm -hmm. kind of like, I can't believe I have to deal with these people. And yeah. so once we talked about that, that's when I shifted how my character would be and that she'd be a little bit more like, she's going like to she's gonna do it right. Yeah, she's mm -hmm. really into it and she's going to help. Um, to me, she was the girl who like, you know, was a student council president and, you know, on every committee, but like didn't just did it to like, because you're supposed to, and then like you fill out the, the college apps and then you go to the school and that, you know, yeah. like there was still something behind it that wasn't authentic of her wanting to do it. Mm -hmm. so i guess just what are your favorite movies and tv shows just to i guess enjoy like on your own totally so let's preface this by telling you that i have like very interesting taste um this is something ryan and i do not share um going off of that so my favorite movie of all time is while you were sleeping the 1995 old Never. i don't know if you've ever seen it um it's got like classic well it's and Bill okay. Pullman and um, Peter Boyle's in it and it's like this Chicago-based love story if you will but it's about this family this like old school Catholic Irish family and then book ends up kind of just being pulled into it and mm -hmm. that's a kind of role that I would really love to play but also just the acting is so good in it like there's just the cast is so good so that's my favorite movie and then um i'm obsessed with gilmore girls i really love gilmore <laughs> girls a lot yeah. um for a long time i did not have anything except a dvd player and all seven seasons on dvd uh, like when <laughs> everyone had netflix and hulu by then i didn't um but i had these dvds and i was like i guess i'll watch so i watched them over and over and to me that's like where I got so much of my acting training, like watching Melissa McCarthy before she was really Melissa McCarthy and watching her physical comedy and watching all of the, the choices of the people in that cast um, uh -huh. really helped me as an actor. Uh, do you have a favorite like guilty pleasure musical? Because I'm sure being a musical theater nerd, you have like a lot of musicals that you know are like great and you love, but is there like any that are kind of like hated, but you love them still? Oh yeah, I'm sure there. Are. I mean, I really like even like the like just like Frozen. I really liked Frozen, and I know a lot of people had a lot of thoughts about Frozen. Um, let me think. I really like Wicked. I listen to Wicked a lot, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. even Hairspray. I know Hairspray can be like made fun of, but I have multiple Hairspray soundtracks on my phone, and I listen to those. Um, anything that's like cheesy and bright and escapism I just always enjoy so much and it doesn't have to be like a Dear Evan Hansen it doesn't have to be something that's so like intense um I was really lucky I got to go to a lot of things at City Center where they would just do like a revival um for a week of, of musicals that either were really popular or not popular and so I got to see a lot of amazing things I've seen a gazillion Broadway shows but like I'm gonna put on In the Heights or bring it on that's a guilty pleasure one. <laughs> Bring it on, Lynn Manuel Miranda's um, second child. child. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on cats? Because we've talked about cats quite a few times mm -hmm. on the podcast. And I mean, as a musical theater person, mm -hmm. you have mm -hmm. to have like yeah. some thoughts. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um, 
I don't care for cats. I will tell you that um, in any form. I've never been a cat person. I understand the athleticism it takes. I've had a lot of friends on the non-union cat tours, like a lot of them. And, you know, you really have to be an athlete to do that show. Yeah. I don't think the show needs to exist. Like, I'm really sorry. You guys love it. I just, I don't think it needs to exist. And I think the movie, I remember when I saw the first, like the first time I saw the trailer, I thought it was part of James Corden's, like, late, you know, he does like, spoof yeah. and silly. Yep. So I thought it was a spoof thing. And then like weeks later, I found out, no, this is a real movie coming out. And like, yes, that is Taylor Swift. And what is happening right now? And I just like, <laughs> no, I think we could have used that money elsewhere. <laughs> I think I think the day the first trailer came out I sent it to uh these guys and I was like all right so we're doing an episode on this like we're going and seeing this yeah. the day it comes out the, and yeah. did you we watched we wa- so I watched Star Wars that night because they both came out on the same night <laughs> I came back to the theater and we watched Cats with a couple of other friends and then recorded an episode the next day um it was also opening night and we were the only four people in the theater for that movie <laughs> oh no <laughs> Yeah, so I still resisted. I haven't sad. seen Cats yet. It's yeah. Crazy. But did, did you end up seeing the movie? I didn't. After, what did you think of the movie? You're asking oh. me, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I think the same way across the lines. I just think it was like <laughs> a very weird, trippy experience and like mm-hmm. not something I would voluntarily do again. There's a lot of movies I would see, love to see more than one time, but that's not one of them. It's definitely like one of those, like, I think, midnight movies, you know, kind of in the vein of The Room, but <laughs> somehow even worse than that because they like wanted to do it that way on purpose. Yes, why? <laughs> why did they do it that way? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The whole thing is weird. It's weird. It makes you wonder who really does make these decisions and what mm-hmm. thought process is happening. And then you hear something about like, you know, when In the Heights comes out or West Side Story comes out, you know, it just makes so much sense that you want to do this and it's mm-hmm. going to be beautiful and incredible. But cat and the way you did it, I don't know. It's a mystery. Yeah. So then how do you feel about Cats the animal? Because um, it seems animal. like you're a dog yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not a cat person. I am super allergic to cats. Okay. And, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with cat people. I will say that. I'm very much a dog person. I'm very involved in dog rescue and dog advocacy and animal advocacy as a whole. I think like people need to spay and neuter their cats. That's my my full stance on cats is get spayed and neutered so that we can stop having kitten season. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not a cat person. I'm a dog person all the way. I've got my sweet baby next to me, Henry Bear. He was sleeping and um, Henry is a gigantic part of my life. Um, Ryan was very clear in telling me I was not allowed to bring him as my plus one to any event of premiere. Um, that's how much Henry's in my life. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not really a cat person. My sister has cats and those are the only cats that I, uh, that I associate with. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and then I also think I saw something on your Twitter about The Bachelorette. Are you following it right now? I sure am. Yes, I absolutely okay. am. I never watched it. And then when I was on tour, it was like this big group of girls. And I don't know if you're familiar with Fiddler on the Roof, any of you. As a, uh, a little bit, not really. So the women and the men are so like separated in the story based on the like true history. And so weirdly, we just 
did spend a lot of time with the women and the men separately. And so the group of girls I was with, I'm still incredibly close with, um, they loved The Bachelorette. And so they were The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. And they put it on the night. And I was like, and now I watch the show. And since then, mm-hmm. I have watched that show. So I'm not proud of it, but I do enjoy it. And um, I think this season is weird. And I also think this season is great in terms of they're letting men talk about like body issues and mm-hmm. race and, you know, like family issues and just things that I think in the past days not allowed. I don't know if it's because they're in like one hotel campsite and so there's a lot more time to talk because they're not like jumping off things. Yeah. Um, or if it's just that they're trying to be a little bit more socially aware. Do you yeah. guys watch that show? Is that something that you guys do together? What's happening? Uh I watch it with my sister. I oh, can yeah. track that on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know about these guys. I yeah, I follow it on mom. Twitter, but I have not seen a single minute of it. Yeah, same Good here. Yeah, right. you yeah, should okay. watch. It's a son and mom it's, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, really, like, you almost can't write some of the crazy things that happen. So yeah. Yeah. maybe there's something there to learn with, like, screenwriting. But I don't know. I think it's um, kind of a vacuum funnel right into, like, Instagram fame, right? That's yeah. kind of why people mm-hmm. are doing it now. I mean, John Paul Jones got his name out there, and that's that's really all you need. Yeah, and once you have, I mean, again, this is like such a weird part of the business now. I have a lot of pressure from a lot of people telling me I need to, like, you know, be more focused on growing my social media following. I would rather be more focused on making really, really good movies and really good art mm-hmm. and storytelling, and then that audience will follow. You know, I don't. I don't really love, I've had a lot of emails about, can we send you this? Do you want to do that? Would you want to be a part of this? And unless it's something that feels like related to the movie, like something like this or any of the other podcasts I've done, or something I just really like, love. Like I um, did a few different collaborations with Super Yaki, the shop. Yeah, I'm actually wearing one of their shirts right now. Oh, you are. <laughs> yes, yes, I love it. Um, and not only did I like, what they were doing but they're good humans who give money back to important causes and like advocate for like it's just i don't want to i don't want to put a watch on my hand and say here's my watch code for you guys to use today like 700 other people um Mm -hmm. and maybe at some point in my life that will change you know because everything has to be fluid but yes there's a lot of pressure to grow your your social media audience immediately and then use that for partnerships and I would rather be doing that in my own way yeah uh Andrew I think you had one more question about the bachelor slash oh yeah Yeah. so on the last episode um when they (laughs) they had like Noah and Bennett go on the the two-on-one date who, who do you think they're going to send home I think in a surprising twist she's going to send Bennett home and um I think that a lot of people are going to be angry um, for those who don't watch, Bennett is a 36-year-old Atlantis-based, like, rich boy, like, preppy rich boy, um, and Noah is, like, a 25-year-old traveling nurse who had a very bad choice of a mustache, <laughs> um, and, like, very different people, but they're, like, almost obsessed with each other instead of being obsessed with her. In an ideal situation, they both go home. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and then another usual rapid fire question we have is, uh, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Um, so I'm vegan and uh, any of the vegan Ben and Jerry's is actually really good. I really like their cookie dough. Um, they have like a fudge brownie mm-hmm. non-dairy that's really good. Um, yeah, anything I can eat, any ice cream I can eat, <laughs> that's my favorite. Oh, that's a good winner. Yeah. Um, uh, the next rapid fire question would be like, what's your pre- personal favorite whodunit film? Clue. All the ones you've seen. Clue. Yeah. 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 Clue. I, I, I don't know if it's like, I feel like generational wise, like I know a lot of people like me, like we, I remember watching it at like, I don't know, my teens or like preteens. It was something we started to like, oh, like, let's watch this movie. I heard it's so good. And then you watch it over and over and over again. I love that movie. I think it's so good. Was, yeah, was there like any like real specific like clue influence in the making of Knives Out, you know, that you like knew deliberately? I yeah, I don't think so. I I know it's been, there's been a lot of comparisons, right? Um, yeah. Which I like secretly love so much because that makes me feel very cool. I think the element of the house and everyone being in the one house and everyone being in the one spot together for so much of the movie has that clue feel. And the characters having such distinct styles, like their their personality and their outfits. Um, like Jamie Lee Curtis's whole red look or her whole like deep pink look, right? Or Tony Collette's yeah. wild like patterned pants and kind of hippie mm-hmm. feel. Like everyone has such a unique feel to them in the way that a Professor Plum would have, you know, or any of those mm-hmm. other characters. So I think I think those similarities crossed over and that there was some sort of murder mystery that had happened in this house and now everyone's gathered together. It definitely yeah, seems it like the most like modern reinvention of Clue. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. And I hope there isn't like a, now we'll redo Clue. Like I hope, I just leave mm-hmm. that one alone. Like that's one of the yes. ones where I'm like, please don't do one. <laughs> please. Just leave it. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, and then for our uh, last uh, rapid-fire question here, do you have an actor or actress that you text most frequently from the Knives Outcast? That I what? I'm sorry, say it again. Uh, an actor or actress that you text most frequently uh, from the Knives Outcast? That, like, I speak to the most? Um, mm-hmm. uh, well, so it wouldn't be an actor, but it'd be Ryan, for sure. Um, yeah. And then a lot of Ryan's team, um, like the producers under him, I really love them so much. And then Noah and I have a lot of Instagram and Twittering that goes back and forth. Um, I think there's an element of Noah is like on like female Noah, if you will, yeah. if you kind of branch off Ryan. Um, but we did not have any type of relationship before because I was in New York and they were in LA so much. Um, and then a few of the other ones gave me their numbers, but I have not used them. So I have them in my phone. If anyone wants to have my phone. Yeah. Um, I think something that, uh, I think it's twofold. So like one of the people I talked to all the time was on the crew of Knives Out, who's become a great friend. And um, I'm actually producing a movie that he just made. And I just did some voiceover for him. And like he's creating projects I'm really into that I think are like, gonna go somewhere and is building this whole big career and I think it's so easy to look at like you know which of the celebrities you know like who did you connect with the celebrities or like my brother-in-law I remember I came home he was like who is the most famous person in your phone right now like he'll like periodically ask me that you know 
but the people that are in the editing room and on the set and in the makeup trailers like they've got stories like you wouldn't believe you know and they're people and they are just as like connected and cool and have won just as many awards and you just don't know them and so I think making those relationships was like equally as important Mm -hmm. with the famous people I think there was a bit of like my reservation you know I didn't like ask for anyone's number if they gave it to me like I you know I was planning to move to LA and so there were people that were like okay here's my number call me when you move there you know and I think again that kind of like coming from the right mental aspect of being like okay cool you're like sure you know versus if you come from the other aspect which some days I was very like why are you giving me your number I don't understand (laughs) you know like it's like you have to like stay grounded in that like you actually want to know me you want to be my friend and that's how this entire industry works and so I think whatever it is that I work on now that's really big I think I'm gonna like walk around with a clipboard you know I'm gonna like put your name and number down you know we're gonna be friends and that was a really big learning experience from that for sure or knowing like oh I have this question I would love to ask this specific person and this is the person's number I don't have you know and and just again, kind of juggling that, like, do you reach out to someone who might be connected to that someone to then like, or do you just kind of wait and hope you work on something together again? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You mentioned, uh, you know, getting to know like some of the editors and other people behind the scenes. Um, did you get to like take part in that, you know, like get a look at what the editing process looked like and all of that? Yeah, I did. I got to go watch. Um, so I did move to LA right after um like the beginning of 2019 and mm-hmm. I think I was in the offices like the next week and I got to watch um and catch up with everyone and um I got to see like my parts that had been edited already and mm-hmm. um the primary editor was like a big deal fancy editor um he had such like authentic and kind things to say about my work that I almost like not brushed off what he was saying but he stopped me like he physically was like nope I'm not being nice to you I'm not just saying this like here's what I actually think I think you're really really good at this and I think like these choices and this thing that you did and this stood out to me I'm editing this whole movie and I'm telling you that you stood out to me so much and that was like uh welcome to LA <laughs> like, <laughs> here you are. Um, and the same thing the Lionsgate team went in a couple weeks after me and they stopped and asked Ryan like who is that person and like tell us about her and where did she come from and like they also noticed my work which to me even you guys saying right in the beginning when Tyler I think you were saying like oh like you really stood out to me that is still so mind-blowing to me because look at the cast like look at the people that are in that room look at the people that I'm working with and I had someone recently, um, basically I would say every day at this point, maybe like five out of seven days, but still consistently, I get a message every single day, either on Twitter or on Instagram. And um, I save them, I screenshot them. And they're like the nicest, best things of all time. And the one that I got like two days ago or three days ago, um, was this like beautiful paragraph from this girl. And she said, there was something so grounding about what you did where like the mayhem and the, and the over-exaggeration yeah. and the chaos of what was happening in the scenes. And then there you were, you were like a totally, like, it's like you were in like a different plane, you know, like just like grounding mm-hmm. everyone back. Um, I've never thought about that, you know? And so they don't, people will say anything to you on the internet as you guys I'm sure know. 
and they don't have any relationship to me and um outside of some people trying to see if I can connect them to other people like they don't care if I like them or not so it's a whole other thing. I always thought it would be family or like close friends, you know, yeah. saying these things to me. And it turns out it's the opposite. It's the total opposite. It's it's strangers and it's industry and it's random people you bump into and it's these messages online that are like, I don't understand how anyone even saw me in this movie, much less yes. noticed what I was doing. Uh, do you think? Do you think you see yourself as you know? You said you're the female Noah Segan. Do you think? You can see yourself in all of Ryan Johnson's next few films, you know? When you say that back to me, I'm like, mm, I'm very, like, bold. Um, yes, I, I do see that. Um, it's something that we've talked about. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you would say, you know, because obviously they have their own relationship. and But I think there's an energy of, like, both of us giving him a lot of shit that yeah. reads similar. Um, we're both younger than he is. I think I'm... So much younger than Noah. I don't actually know how Noah, old Noah is. Um, but yes, yeah, we have talked about that. We have talked about, you know, what would that look like and what kind of things I think that he probably would write me or will write me more parts. Um, and in an ideal world, like that would be perfect because I want to be able to go to set and show up. And like, there's like one of my all time best friends, you know, who like he's the person I cry about boys to, right? And like, yeah you know, has, like, introduced me to really good food, and, um, you know, like, anytime if I'm really sad, or, or vice versa, you know, it's the person that, um, I was really sad the other day about something about my dog, and we're sitting at the vet, and I took out my phone, I texted my best friend, Nicole, and I texted Ryan, like, he's of my people, you know, so to be able to show up on set, and I think there are so many elements, elements of me and Sally that, like, he knows how to write me. He knows how to write. He knows me so well. He can write for me. So yeah, and that's my hope. And that would be a great career if I can just do Ryan's movies. That would yeah. be ideal. For sure. We'll see. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, so, is there anything that you're currently working on that you're really excited about? Yeah. So I'm doing a movie next year. Um, hopefully, right, guys? Like, yeah. we'll all be back at school, and I will be on a set. Um, so I'm for sure doing at least one, possibly two next year. Um, and this one would be, it's a story I really think needs to be told um, culturally. And I think it's unique. I think it's not something that exists anywhere. And there's a lot of, um, when I got this script sent to me, um, which is a dream in and of itself, that people send me scripts and say, hey, read this. I would love for you to play this part. I would love for you to talk about this with you. Um, I was like, oh, this is cute, like, sure, you know, thinking it was going to kind of be like a smaller thing, and it just keeps getting bigger, which is really neat to track, and also to hold lightly, and know that at any time, it can be something small again, or people could lose interest, or funding, or, you know, we can have this pandemic continue, um, but it has interest from two, like, really, really big studios that would be dreams to work for, um, and there's one other person from um, from Knives Out who is also attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's other like names being thrown around, which I take with that same grain of salt. Um, and I hope that it all happens. And I hope it goes to these big studios. And I hope 
you know, this story gets told as it is because it's so good. And I think it's going to make a lot of people feel seen and um, valued and in a way that a lot of movies don't. Um, so I hope that all happens and I hope I get to keep the part. Anytime I get a call from this director, I'm like, are you going to tell me that you changed your mind, you know, or like, are you going to tell me like, no, it has to be this other actress who's a big name. Um, so yeah, that's, I'm for sure doing that. And we'll see about, we'll see about other, it's an interesting thing as an actor because the industry kind of right around Thanksgiving is like, Hey, we're going on break. See you guys next year. Like mid January, we'll be back. It's a really weird thing because there's still so much time left of the year, but right around Thanksgiving, it's like, I'm good. The movie came out on Thanksgiving last year. <laughs> and so all of the like emails and marketing and things that I did for myself that people were excited to get or excited to talk to me about, um, all of it came with, let's talk or reach back out or I'll reach out to you like mid-ish January, you know, like well, after the holidays. Mm-hmm. So that of course ends up being like late January, right? But for like all of February and part of January, it was like everything I've ever dreamed for my life. Like just like popping around to events in LA, living in LA, you know, like yeah. on, and at these events because I'm in the movie, you know, and like being introduced yeah. to things and having meetings and, and reading for teams and like just like it was like since I'm 11, that's all I've ever wanted. And then March happened. <laughs> and so everything from that point kind of became the same thing that so many people face and are facing right now. And it's a gift to have this problem 100%. Um, and that became like, reach back out in April. April became July. July became October. Mm-hmm. October became Thanksgiving ish. Hey, let's talk next year. Yeah. And so there's like mm-hmm. a little bit of like, are you kidding? You know, like this thing that I wanted so long is happening. and I know it's not, but I feel like extraordinarily lucky enough to have done it, to have lived that month and a half. I know what it feels like now. Yeah. Um, to have gotten to be at the premiere and, and be at the events and have people want to talk to me and do interviews. And um, so I'm hoping that that picks back up in my life. And mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping to keep doing big studio movies and, and hopefully um, produce more. That's something yeah. that I definitely, you know, I'm producing this first movie. I'm kind of like giving it out and learning how it works. Um, I'd like to have, you know, kind of a lot of things happening all at once. Um, not only like for creativity, for income streams, for relationship streams, you know, there's, I'm not good at just doing one thing and sitting still. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. to be doing as much as I can. In the ideal world, I would go from movie to movie to movie. Yeah. Definitely a big change of pace from what the past like seven to eight months have been. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, just out of curiosity, try not to, hopefully this isn't too random, but I know you mentioned before you auditioned in the The Last Jedi for a role. Uh do you remember like what role you were specifically looking for when you auditioned? Um, Amos Kelly's role. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, it was wow. a role that Kelly played. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and everything is like in different. Um, so all the audition copy is like fake and different, like fake names and fake copy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that everything is like CIA level, like that down. Um, wow. Especially yeah. into callbacks, yeah. And again, like, picture me who is not like. Now I think it's a little different, but 
still don't. Like I was doing um, a play in New York at the time. So like I had to like run over there, like to do the callbacks and then run back and do my show. And like, I like, you know, popped in and was like, hey buddy, you know, and like yeah. gave her a big hug. Like it's like, I, I don't know if that really serves me or really hurts me, but I think it serves me. Um, yeah, so it was her role and it was a few callbacks. Um, and then Ryan like handled all of that directly with me. But mm-hmm. he did it in a way where he told me like all the other people that had been being considered that were then cut. And like the group of actresses that I was cut with were like people I could only imagine at that time working with or being compared to or, you know, yeah. so um, I think that that was like a really big check for me. Like, yeah. Oh. Um, and I'm sure all of you are going to hate this sentence that I'm about to say, but, um, I've still never seen it. So I'm sure it's great, but there was like, that's like an element of why I think I can be such good friends with Ryan. It's like, yeah, like I saw Brick like a long time ago because my friends made me like in high school and I didn't want to watch it, you know, like, like Mm -hmm. it's just, I am the girl watching the rom-coms or watching like the silly TV shows and, um, and I saw Bloom because that's where I met Ryan, but um you know yeah. I don't know it's like it's like think of someone who you're so close with like if you went with them to work kind mm-hmm. of and it would maybe like really change your perspective of them at this point at this point we've crossed over I'm in the movie so yeah. I saw that one mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well Ryan I'm guessing if Ryan's listening we know Carrie didn't see the movie but it is my second favorite Star Wars movie so at least second you got favorite. one yeah I don't know. Yeah, I, people I, have um, feelings. People have feelings about this movie, like deep feelings. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been the most vocal supporter of it on this podcast, but I, I don't think Andrew's seen it either. I have not seen it. I'm not a very big Star Wars follower, so. Totally cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You mentioned you saw Brick and Brothers Bloom. Uh, did you see uh, Looper? Yes, I did see Looper. Yeah. I did see Looper. Um, so Looper was like the first one where I was friends with Ryan while he was making it. So like mm-hmm. Rick was out, Bloom was out, and then I became friends with him right when he started. Like so that's the first time I started learning about production and like, like getting pictures from set yeah. and you know, like stuff like that. Um and I had right around that time met um Joe's brother, Joe Gordon Levitt's brother, and he made a really like profound impact on me. Um and then unfortunately he sadly passed like right after. So we only had a few interactions, but I remember like that timing of that with the timing of them making Looper. Yeah, I did see that one. It it freaked me out, but I thought it was amazing. Yeah. I, I think but I've only seen it once, you know? Yeah. I think that was the most recent one I saw other than Knives Out. And I was kind of shocked I hadn't seen it before. It's very good. Yeah, it's good. It's smart. Yeah. Um, with, with the ones that you have seen, do you, you know, like give Ryan your feedback, like what you think works, what you think didn't work, even, even though you only saw them like once? Yeah, but I mean, I remember like leaving Looper and texting him and just being like, I'm so proud of you, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like, oh, I thought this or I thought that. Um, yeah. It hadn't even occurred to me then to be like, why am I not in this movie? Like, that wasn't <laughs> even on my radar. Um, I remember really liking a little kid, Jacob. Tremblay? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, um, is it Jacob Tremblay in that? I think when that was his like first, yeah. first movie. Um, and just some of the like 
overall like where they filmed and how beautiful it was and how like perfectly captured it was I thought that was really cool I think um Steve does something as DP that he's like magic he's like mm. has, has like I don't know an ability to understand light and framing things and visually things that I would never be able to but most people I don't think can yeah um Another, so I guess we kind of wanted to talk about what you want to do in the future. So uh, we've talked about, you know, uh, you're working on a couple of things at the moment. Um, we saw Domino's on your page. Was that on your IMDb page? Is that the movie you're talking about producing at the moment? Yeah, that's the one I'm producing right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, are there any other things that you're like writing at the moment that you'd like to get done? Yes, I am. I'm writing um, what I would like to do, like to shoot. A feature of my own mm-hmm. um and i know i've never talked about like how do i how do i talk about what i'm writing without like telling you all of it so it's an extension yeah. of um a weirdly tying it back to the bachelor and the bachelorette um <laughs> it has a little bit to do with with that in a very minimal weird way um and kind of like the idea of what would happen next um, oh, for yeah. the person that's like dumped at the very end yeah. Um, That's yeah. Sweet. And what I've noticed is almost all of my songs that I write are about other places. Um, I'm leaving. And all of the movies and plays that I write are very much based in coming home and what that translates to and the people that we consider home and the people that we are kind of stuck with and like how we create our own family relationships and familial patterns. Um, and I don't know why that is, but I did start to notice that in the last year of like, wait a minute, if I look at everything, all of my songs are about leaving and all of my movies and plays are about coming home. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that there's something in that. Um, I recently told that to a director friend, not Ryan, a different director, and yeah. he had the same reaction you guys had. He was like, finish writing it, like, let's do yeah. it, you know? And um, I didn't know. I think for a long time in my life, I thought everyone is like me. Yeah. Everyone stays up until three in the morning writing these really incredible songs. Everyone can sing opera. Like everyone can fill in the blank, right? Everyone can walk into a room with Daniel Craig and Chris Evans and Jamie Curtis and Tony Collette and be like, yeah, I want to play that game. That sounds fun. I'll join in. I, they taught me how to play the movie game, guys. The movie yeah. stars taught me how to play the movie game. So I have learned really significantly in the last two years um, that I was really, really wrong my whole life. That um, most people don't think like me or write like me or see things like me. And um, there's an element of having to be okay with saying that out loud and knowing that someone somewhere is gonna interpret that incorrectly or interpret that like I'm an asshole or I think so highly of myself. That's not the case at all. I think I just, finally like put together oh there is something like weirdly special about me and if I lean into that instead of fight it or make assumptions about it so much um these really special magical things just keep happening in my life and I just have to keep like saying yes and going with it even though on the inside I'm like (laughs) you know um and that they all are actually the same way they're all just as nervous and insecure. Nobody has any idea what they're doing. 
The only difference is the people that say, okay, yes, and show up. And the people that say, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this. Like, that's the only difference. So I keep trying to say yes and show up and recognize that I have this like thing about me that I don't always understand. And means I'm like, I don't fit in a lot of places. And I've, I, I've heard over and over, like being weirdly successful is very, very lonely. And I think that that's definitely true for sure. Yeah. In, in some ways, in some ways not. Yeah. A little tangent Just off on a little tangent. Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Right. Um, so you, you mentioned, obviously, that you, you have this really strong relationship with, uh, with Ryan Johnson. Um, is there any other director um, that you, you'd like to work with in the future on a future project? Good question. I would like to work with female directors, for sure. I think the tone of the set would be... Um, a lot different and um i like christy will wolf who is married to scott wolf who was on party five i like her work a lot um okay. she just had like a random made for tv movie come out recently but i've seen some of her work and i like her work a lot mm -hmm. um i would like to work with mindy keeling i think she's like, the coolest of the cool of all time um yeah. i think the Kate brothers are really cool they did outer banks last year um yeah. nice i like the brother set i don't know <laughs> i don't really know why like the russo brothers the Pape brothers the who does stranger things duffer brothers duffer brothers right the brothers yeah. i don't know why there's like so many sets of brothers that i guess balance each other out but i would like to work with any or all of them um <laughs> yeah. Do you I think like, you'd want to do a Safety Brothers movie? Uh, you know, all of those uh, crazy, trippy movies about panicking? Like the Uncut Gems? Brothers? The Safty Brothers? They did Good Time and Uncut Gems? Oh, Uncut Gems. Um, yeah. Like, I'm not going to pass on that. Yeah. But maybe, no. You know, yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I think it comes down to, like, a script. You know, when you read a script mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, mm, mm -mm, yeah. you know, or... Um, <laughs> Or when you read a script and there's something, even if it's not fully where it can be, there's just something about it. And you're like, I gotta do this. Yeah. How how often does that happen for you? Like that feeling where you're reading a script and you're like, oh, I really want to do this. Not that much. Yeah. Not not as much as I would like it to. Um, mm -hmm. That's why I think this movie for next year is it's like really special. It's mm -hmm. good. It's cool. Um, and I just like the idea of someone writing and writing and writing and realizing after a while they're writing for me. Like that feels special and important. Yeah. Did, did you have that feeling um, when you read Knives Out? When I read the script the first time, I wasn't in it. Mm. Um, <laughs> the first time. Um, and then, and I really, really liked it. And then, yeah, when I read the part that I was in, I understood like immediately this is a big deal and this is me being put with the entire cast um and feeling that like special feeling of like this is good like this is what he was doing like while i was texting him about ridiculous things you know so mm -hmm. it's neat it's neat to see to see how it came together i uh i read i don't know if you've heard of a uh, demi uh I'm, i don't know how to pronounce his last name but it's very complicated um He's kind of a comedian. Uh, he also, I think, writes 
uh, for certain things. I believe he met Ryan uh, like a few years ago or something. And he wrote this review about how he had met him while he was in the process or like right after The Last Jedi. And Ryan was carrying around like this notebook that he says had all of his ideas for like Knives Out in it. Did you ever like see him working on that whenever you like met up with him? Yeah, he always has multiple things with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got like stacks and stacks of all the movies and all the Moleskins. Um, yeah. My phone is like a treasure trove of uh, Ryan Johnson's pictures. So yeah. a lot of them are those Moleskins. Yeah, he always has them like on his person as well. That's awesome. He's good though at separating it. He's good at saying like, okay, I'm done writing for the day. I'm going to dinner with my friend. You know, mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm going out with this group of people or I'm, I'm going on vacation or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I guess before we close the episode for today, is there anywhere we should look for when more information comes out about the movie you're working on? Or I mean, hopefully soon. I would imagine it'd be on deadline. I imagine it would be just going out in releases. I'm learning a lot about PR right now. Um, mm-hmm. I actually spoke with one of the Lionsgate PR people who was on the Knives Out team this week. And she's gonna like help me understand a little bit more of how how this works and why do I need a PR person? And um, I mean, I'll put it on my social media for sure. And I am sometimes on Twitter. I'm always on Instagram. And right now, my Instagram is Karen Bear. Yeah. I probably will change it, which is what I keep saying in any interview I've done. Like I'm gonna change it, <laughs> but my name is taken. A lot of the like options around my name is taken. Um, I don't use my last name, so, like, I can't use that, and I don't know. I have to figure out. I feel like a lot of times it's really pretentious to have um, the real so-and-so mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. this person, whatever, but I think probably I have to get over that. Um, so, right now it's Karen Bear, and we'll see. We'll see if it changes, um, but if it does change, I'll save it and redirect, and that's where yeah. I put, like, all of my information. Um and then on my website, my IMDb. Yeah. Okay. We'll definitely put links to those in the episode description for everyone to check out. Yeah, that's yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. And then, um, always... Oh, sorry. And then uh, one more thing. Uh, so, like, I feel like during this whole interview, we got a really good taste of, like, how you're unique to the uh, industry of, well, entertainment in general. So... Um, I guess maybe like the lasting question is what do you hope to contribute new to like the movie industry and like what do you what do you bring to or what do you hope to bring to the table in terms of you know like a new style or to the modernity of acting now yeah that's a great question um so as an actor or just like in general as like yeah a like, writer like as an, right as an actor as a writer um you know what do you what do you kind of hope to like leave with audience this I would like, I guess kind of what's, what's happened with Knives Out is that no matter what part I'm in, or no matter how much of the movie I'm in, that I impact people enough where they want to go home and Google who that person was. Mm-hmm. I think that that for me is like, when I watch something and I can't like get over someone's work and I don't know their name and I don't even know if I've seen them in anything and like, how are they so talented? And then I have to go Google them and then I just want to know everything they do from that point on. That yeah. is like the ideal. And then I think also having the element, um, I wish to always have this and I don't know if I will, um, but I wish to always be able to get a DM and be like, yeah, 
I'll do your podcast, you know, and not have to run it through like a billion people or have anyone like tell me like what I can or can't do. And like, hopefully that does happen because that means you're working at a certain level, but yeah. um, hopefully there's always a part of me that's like, yeah, I want to go to that event. I want to, it's so important for me to be able to like bring awareness to important causes. Um, mm. I joke a lot that that's why I actually would love to be famous is because you get to do the like hospital benefits, right? Like you get to do for me, like all the animal rescue stuff, like being able to direct people's attention to adopting, like it's such a powerful position to have, to have that kind of platform. So um, yeah, I think if I can affect people and make them think and feel in ways that maybe they hadn't, even just a little teeny tiny bit or have empathy for people that are not like them and just like get out of their own head their own awareness and think about everyone around them humans animals everyone the earth and and recognize like there's more than just their perspective and and themselves and what they were raised in um yeah i think that that would be the to, to deeply affect people whether or not they know my name that would be that's yeah. the goal that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah well i think that about wraps us up carrie thank you so much for agreeing to do this and joining us on the podcast yeah of course it was so fun it's great to get to chat with you guys um yeah. thank you for having me and keep me posted on, on what you guys are all up to for sure and i'll follow yeah. along i can't wait to listen to this and i'll share it out too on my social awesome Uh, But yeah, this has been Double Stuff Cinema. Until next time. Get stuffed.